Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we give a voice to the women whose story is moving and meaningful and compelling. We share their stories with the world so that in their shining, you can shine too. Today's guest is Alyssa Carpenter of Everything's Not Okay, and that's okay. Well, first of all, Alyssa, welcome, and thank you for being here. I love the name of your company. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you. I appreciate it. So fun. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, man, I'm trying to think of something exciting, but <laughs> um, professionally, my background's actually in higher education, so I worked in college and universities for a while and then transition to which I never thought I would be a business owner. And I do a lot of keynote speaking and training all around workplace communication. So it's been a lot of fun. And I'm in Pennsylvania. I actually married my high school sweetheart and have two little kids, a little guy who's almost seven who thinks his birthday is like yesterday. And my <laughs> daughter um, will be 10, which is crazy in February. I love it. I love it. So you are the epitome of the woman who's doing it all. Um, and you <laughs> smile. I mean, you're always, I love that, that, you know, you're, so I follow you on Twitter. So I only see yes. the written word, but you are enthusiastic on Twitter. That comes through on Twitter. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Now that I'm talking to you on the phone, I hear, uh, you know, on this podcast, I can hear the, the enthusiasm in your voice. Now I get it for sure. Um, that's awesome. Well, so it's, tell us a little bit about everything's not okay and that's okay. Well, it's it's funny. It's a mouthful for sure. So <laughs> when I was trying to create like a Twitter handle and other things, it didn't occur to me the amount of letters I would require. So trying to bring it um, shorter was funny. But and actually kind of stemmed from my, the name stemmed from my background in higher ed. So my last full-time job was with Wharton as part of the University of Pennsylvania. And I was just noticing more and more seeing students coming into the office really upset and down, whether they didn't do well in a class, didn't get a job. And, you know, we would really talk through it. And then I would see them in the hallway with their friends just saying, everything's great. My life's awesome. I got the job that I knew that they didn't get. And it was just this this face that they were putting on and and I was noticing more and more sometimes I was even doing that too my peers were and it was just you didn't feel like you could be you you had to be strong all the time and I, and I was really noticing it so that's really where the business name came from and I started doing more of career coaching and really now has transitioned more into that space working with companies to help them really break through that mold or break through that that appearance that you have to be something you're not and how do we get to know the people we work with how do we bridge those generation gaps or those silos or the hierarchy within the organization so I do a lot of training and coaching with leaders and a lot of speaking around how to walk through that process. So I love everything you just said. It plays nicely into Thank what you. I do for a living as well. So I'm very attracted to anyone who teaches people to embrace their authentic selves and not change who they are and hide who they are because of corporate culture or dictates, but instead change corporate culture and dictates, change the world 
so that we can invite people to be their real selves and authentic. I love that. You're like a Brene Brown. Oh, it is so, it's tough, right? Like I remember I had my master's degree at 22 and I started working in higher ed and some of my seniors who I was working with were, were older than I was. And it's, it's so tough because I felt like I had my personal self and my professional self, which were different at the time. You know, I thought I had to wear a college shirt, which I didn't. And it's, you, you just have to be you. People want to get to know you for you. People want to do business with people they know, like, and trust. But it's so much easier said than actually breaking through that barrier. Well, let me ask you. That's um, I always say that people want to do business with those they know, like, and trust, and that we should bring our whole selves to life, to work, mm-hmm. to home. You know, like you can't separate who you are. It's it's almost dysfunctional to try to pretend you're one person, you know, it's exhausting, I would say. It is. Yeah. So I love what you're doing. This is so important. Tell tell us more about some recent, um, you know, without mentioning the client name, I'm sure that's sort of, you know, if you want to, but recent events where you uh, worked with a company or you spoke at an event, tell us a little bit about what you talked about and how it was received. It's interesting because at first I thought maybe I would gravitate towards just strictly working in higher education. And I feel so fortunate and honored to work with just a variety of industries. So recently I was with the Department of Homeland Security, um, Wine and Spirits Association. Um, I'll be going to another local kind of travel group actually that does things across the country. I've done things with broadcasting organizations. So it's been, it's so interesting. And unfortunately, sometimes it's more of reactive. So somebody said something to somebody else in the office or, you know, a customer wasn't satisfied with some of the organizations that I've had the opportunity to work with. It's been also proactive in terms of nothing's wrong right now, but, you know, let's, let's make sure we lay the groundwork so we understand the differences that we have. We understand how to break through those barriers, which I feel, you know, fortunate to be part of both, honestly, the proactive and the reactive part of it. But it's, it's tough when things have already happened and then you're trying to you know last minute bring somebody in to solve a problem you know something's happening because the type of training I do I think should just be done all the time whether something's happened or not right you're always and you know you watch those silly videos sometimes of you know extreme circumstances but it's just the daily things that we say to one another unintentionally because it's about really the impact of the message we have and not the intention of the message that we're trying to give so that impact is so strong on what might seem like something silly or something simple. So I love that because I'll tell you what, I always mention in my audiences that the receiver makes meaning of the message regardless of the sender's intent. And you just, yeah, right there. And also you mentioned the toothpaste is out of the tube. Although it's important to still find solutions to the problem, it's also more important probably to prevent the problem. Yes. So yeah, prevention is, what is it? An ounce of prevention is worth more than a pound of cure? Yes. Yes. And that, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say I completely agree. Well, I think that you and I and people who do what we do um, are changing the world and not just teaching one woman or man at a time how to fit into the already existing operating system that, as you know, was created by wealthy white males, but instead changing the operating system. And that's quite courageous of you to do that. I do agree that you shouldn't be 
called in episodically, but instead be uh, sort of the norm, like an ongoing, make sure we keep raising awareness. And um, so good for you and good for <laughs> us that you're out there doing that. Um, and folks, I, I told Alyssa that I feel like there's a mini me out there on the East Coast because <laughs> she reminds me a lot of myself and um, call me whatever you want to call me. But I love having people on the show who are changing the world. No, and I'm so honored. And I truly, I feel the same. And it's, it's just so incredible to know that there are other people out there trying to help, you know, the cause. Because oftentimes I think companies will bring you know, people in to check off a box of, we're going to talk about diversity and inclusion today, and now we're done. And it's a constant, it has to be this constant check-in. It has to be, you have to get a gauge of, first of all, be self-aware and understand where you are, get a gauge of the organization. It's not just this box to check and then think about it maybe every December or whenever you're putting your budget together for the following year. I agree. I agree. And I think in it's gradations of difference, but um, these, the end of the day, the goal is the same, and that's inclusive diversity and a uh, happy, fun, you know, productive place to work. So I, I believe that women like us who do what we do, and probably men too, I just mostly interview women though, um, we actually believe that collaboration is the key to success, not competition. Yes. So I love, I love us. Yay, I do too. <laughs> I'm, I'm really collaboration over competition any day. Same, same. So what has been your proudest, proudest accomplishment or, you know, professional or personal actually, but proudest accomplishment? Oh man, it's tough. It's so, I will say to this year has been the craziest year for me. Um, it's been a dream of mine to be able to write a book. Uh, so I actually got signed by a publisher and have a book coming out next year, which is, it's like still hasn't sunk in because it's coming out next year and I haven't physically seen it. So it's still this hypothetical thing, but it's already written, being edited. So that to me was a huge milestone. And then being able to give, I gave a TEDx talk in April. Professionally, both those things were kind of bucket list items. So yeah. I'm just, I'm, I feel honored, privileged, excited to have been able to, to do that. And just personally, my kids, my kids are my world. And just to be able to see them function as humans, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fascinating to watch because you just don't, you don't know. And every time we go to a conference, you know, I, unfortunately our education system focuses so much on tests and showing, you know, how they did on, on different assessments, which I probably should be concerned about, but I'm not as much as, are they, you know, being nice? Are they caring? Do they have friends? Are they, you know, communicating that, that to me, is so important because I think it, it makes you who you are and will actually get you further, I think, in life. So they're my two proudest things. I couldn't agree more. This is so wonderful to hear you say all of that. First of all, congratulations on that huge accomplishment, your book. Thank and you. The TEDx. What is the name of your book? And we will certainly promote it. We'll put the book cover when it's available. We'll send out an email uh, campaign so that people will take notice. What is the name of your book? Thank you. It's How to Listen and How to Be Heard, Inclusive Conversations at Work. Oh my gosh. It's on my list. Yay, my thank list. you. <laughs> Let me know when I can pre-order that book. And You can um, now actually, awesome. which is crazy. So you can see the cover and the description and everything. So piece by piece, it's coming together. <laughs> well, I will put all of that in the blog cast is what I call it. It's I sync the podcast into a blog and I share it so that 
those who only listen can hear you. Those who only read will still hear and see and be able to know you, you know, to a certain degree. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I cannot wait. That's fantastic. So tell us about your TED Talk. Oh, it was, it's such an interesting experience because the TED Talk itself is called How to Humanize Your Workplace, One Conversation at Time, at the Time. And to me, it was a really interesting experience because it's so different from any other keynote speaking or any engagement I've done because it's one time. So it's going to be the 18 minutes or less. And it's much formulaic, more formulaic than a lot of the talks. It's, you know, you have your arc and then you have your three takeaway points. Um, so I was able to really tell more about my story of why I think it's important to take responsibility for your actions in terms of when I actually offended someone and when I felt offended, why it's important to appreciate someone else's perspective, even if it's not your own. So being able to just peel the onion, if you will, a little bit more about who I am and what's my story was just a really interesting experience. I, I really, truly loved it. And I would love to do another one someday. Awesome. Awesome. So I have a good friend who trains people to prepare for their TED Talks. And oh, he wrote a piece called 18 Minutes of Impact. And I will send that to you after. I'm sure you don't need it now, but if you can ever, you know, find it wonderful. a resource or refer to it. Um, I think it's fantastic. I, 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 this is so great that, you know, I want to hire you. Oh, <laughs> I love it. So I think awesome. we would work very well together. <laughs> we would, we would. Look out, world. Um, here we come. We're taking over. <laughs> so who um, inspired you? First of all, you just proved yourself to be very much an inspiration to me and I'm sure other listeners, but who inspired you? Like who was your mentor or inspiration? It's so interesting because I always think about that. And for growing up, I felt like I didn't have a mentor necessarily or somebody I looked up to professionally, but I am realizing personally all throughout my life, it's really been as silly as it sounds. It's, it's been my, my mom just, you know, when she wants something, she'll go for it. She really inspires me each and every day to, to try new things. Or if I'm just having a bad day, she'll, you know, she's the one who I'm going to talk to in that moment about the situation, even if she has no idea what I'm talking about, which is 90% of the time, because I think what I do is kind of out there a little bit, but she has definitely inspired me. But in terms of now looking at, and you actually said Brene Brown, I think she is just an incredible person, what she's accomplished, and just to hear her kind of first TEDx talk of how she was nervous and afraid and scared and just put herself out there in the story she tells yeah. that being an incredible storyteller, I think is just, is something that's so powerful. People data makes sense to people, but being an incredible storyteller goes so far. So right now I'd say professionally where she is at, um, is somebody I truly admire. I agree. I agree. You know, her Ted talk on vulnerability is the second most watched Ted talk in history. It's crazy. It's an, it's an amazing talk. Special. It's so funny. It's on my list. Um, it's one of those things I have to watch. I'm just yeah. I'm amazed. I'm amazed by her because she's an incredible person, but she's just a person, you know, like she's right. Keeping it telling real. people. Yeah. And she's not afraid. And I think she's not afraid to be vulnerable. She's telling you, don't be afraid to be vulnerable, but she's sharing about herself. And it's not this kind of big picture thing that you can't understand or you can't grasp. She's really making it much easier for people to be who they are and, and share their story. 
when I have guest speakers in my events that I do across the country, I always tell them the goal here is not to talk about your grand accomplishments. It's instead to tell the story of you and how you got to where you are. We want to make you relatable to the audience. I'm sure it wasn't easy. So be real, be vulnerable. I see vulnerability, vulnerability as a strength. Yes. Um, so I encourage people, don't just get up there and talk about you know, how famous you are, how much you make, what your title is. We want to relate to you and have hope that we too can do what you have done in our own way. Um, Agreed. And I don't think it has to be something, and sometimes we always think about the people who've accomplished something amazing or big and incredible and have come from, you know, different backgrounds of disadvantage, but it doesn't have to be this rags to riches type of story. It could be, I was really afraid to be in front of a group of people and here I am talking in front of 10 people. It's whatever... You've pushed yourself out of your comfort zone, and, and you're the only one who knows really what's out of your comfort zone. So I, I truly try to celebrate, even with my kids too, the small wins to me is a big deal because the smaller wins can be big, bigger wins and bigger gains in the long run. And that positive reinforcement that you share mm-hmm. with them, um, everything in between those tests, you know, that's yes. as important. Maybe it's more important, I'd say, than the tests themselves or the results of the tests. Um, I agree with you. I, I have a son who just got into college. He started at Berkeley, I guess. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. He's, he's doing fine. We, you know, it's, it's probably a very stressful time in his life for him, but we have always encouraged him like you do your children that you are not defined by the result of a test or an SAT score or, you know, mm-hmm. so he's doing all right. And I think that it's because we've implemented the same sorts of um, day-to-day lessons that you are doing with your younger children. So good for you. Um, oh, you're creating, it's tough. <laughs> I know. Look, I know. The, the system works against us on that. I it swear. Does. It's killing it me. Does. <laughs> it's so easy. And that's the one thing that's as kids, you're always going to try to, and as adults too, I'm definitely doing it all the time. It's so easy to compare yourself to other people. And when you have data, when you have those tests and you just see those concrete things, that's the easy way where you can say, you know, this person is better than I am or this, and it's tough. And you need parents, you need a system or somebody or a mentor to be your voice of reason when you can't find it for yourself. Exactly. We always tell James, you only need to be better than the person you were yesterday. Oh, I love, I'm writing that down. That's amazing. (laughs) It's apples to apples and even apples, there are different types of apples. I tell him, I said, you know, these people are made up of different DNA. They have different life experiences and lessons. They have different upbringing. Why would you compare or even contrast yourself to someone else? Compare yourself to yourself yesterday and just do better than you did yesterday. And if you don't, try again tomorrow. Oh, I love that. It's going to be my new mantra. It's awesome. (laughs) Well, I'd love to help you raise your kids. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be awesome. (laughs) Leaving some of my empty nest syndrome that I have right now. Um, Well, let me ask you, you are clearly inspirational yourself. Um, A lot of people on my show move me and it's like, wow, their story is great. But because you and I do similar things for the same reasons, And the way we express our passion and enthusiasm for what we do, I tend to align with you really a lot. I mean, it's, it's crazy. We met on Twitter and yeah, I love it. I love it. So, you know, from following me on Twitter that I strongly believe women need to stop putting each other down and start lifting each other up. How do you advise us to do that? 
You know, it's so hard. Um, it's interesting because I've, I've spoken at women's conferences and sometimes people will say that on the surface, but they don't do it, which is so right. upsetting to me because I know, and I'm truly, truly a firm believer, and I know you are too, of this community over competition. And sometimes I think there's just this kind of competitive nature of this person might be in my space, so maybe they'll take this or they'll take that. And my brain just doesn't think like that. Like I won't right. play Monopoly. I just don't know how to like be, <laughs> I'm really competitive with myself. Don't get me wrong. I'll push myself as far as I can go. Yeah. But I think it's, it's just realizing that people are not innately out to get you. People as of human nature are there to really truly support you and help you and move you along the way. And if you put somebody else even first, if you, and at the end of the day, people don't care what what you do, but when you meet somebody or have a conversation, how can you help them? How can you push their mission or their vision forward? And they probably will come back to you and help you do the same. So just really putting that into the universe that you're there to help and uplift people, I think goes a long way because people can see that, people can sense that, they can feel that, especially as women. I think we're just more I'm, empathetic <laughs> than yeah. others. Um, so once you, you know, do that and, or even seek out people who look like they need help and kind of, you know, start from there and they might return the favor in the long run or pay it forward to someone else. I swear you are just taking words <laughs> right out of my mouth. Um, I love it. <laughs> I love this. So, so it, I, I guess if you had to attach some kind of marketing term to it, it's called traction marketing, but the truth is at the end of the day, it's just who we are inside and out. I love to shine a light on other women, lift them up. And you know, often they refer work to me or they help someone else by doing this. Yep. So again, Alyssa, if our goal is to change the world, we are doing it. Even if we don't get the dollar for it, or, you know, that's not important to me. So shining a light on others, having them help other people in return, we're changing the world. That's what's happening. It's um, true. And I get so sad when I interview women who, and I myself have been the victim of mean girls, I'll tell you. Same. But I am the naive one, maybe, or smart one, I don't know, who reaches out to those mean girls and says, why are you hurting? Who hurt you? Let's help you get out of this space. Now, if they don't, you know, snap out of it and they continue to, <laughs> I run away. But um, my first inclination is to say, you know, you're fighting, clawing women's eyes out for the one of two spots at the top when you should be devoting your energy to creating more spots at the top. Yep. Yeah. 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 And it's interesting too. I mean, we obviously met on Twitter and it's, it depends, like it ebbs and flows each and every day. A lot of the times I get really ma mainly positive feedback and then there'll be, I got a strange comment on LinkedIn, maybe a month or so ago, I did a video and it was sunny out and I had my sunglasses on and I have sensitive eyes to the sun. And this woman just came out and said, if you want, this is a professional network. If you want to be professional and go with your brand, you need to not wear sunglasses. And wow. It was just, right. And it was just such a weird comment that it took me back and I'm realizing it's not about me. It's not, right. the comment was made towards me, but something's going on in her life. She's clearly hurting. Something's happening because it wasn't, maybe it was well-intentioned, but it was such a bizarre no, comment to make. Because she made it publicly. If it was right. well-intentioned, she would have sent you a private message sharing her feelings, engaging in a conversation. Exactly. Um, that is really ugly. And that is, you know, women who are insecure, I swear, I mean, I wish... Yep. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't, I got to be careful what I say. I just don't even get me going there because, 
we could rule. I mean, like literally this could be a place with no war. This could be a place with, you know, like women are highly intuitive. I mean, if we trust our gifts, I have been bullied. I have been, you know, then the kinder I am, the worse it gets. I mean, the heart. So you realize yeah. the problem is with them and you've got to walk away and go find not just your tribe because you don't want to be stuck with people who look and act and sound just like you only. Yep. But be curious about differences that others bring to the table without becoming, um, as Adam Grant might say, uh, a doormat for the takers, you know. Yeah. So I'm a giver, and, you're a giver. And it's, it's definitely tough and I appreciate what you said too just because you have to walk away and it's so hard wanting to be that giver wanting to, I'm just such a helper by nature it's what yep. I did do professionally it's what I've done professionally it's who I am and it's hard to take that from people and you know you don't want to give that back to the world either you know I don't want to be this negative person or a snapback right. or anything so it is it's just a you know, take one of the gut, move on and, you know, make a difference somewhere else. But it's, it's tough sometimes to pick up the pieces and move from, move forward. When my son was little, he was, he's small for his age still, but when he was little, there was this kid bullying him and he said, you're short. And my son is a wise old soul for such a young kid. He's always been a wise old soul. And he looked at the guy and he goes, yep. And moved on. (laughs) And he took all his power. Like he was like, this kid is not going to get the best of me. Nope. Uh, and so another lesson we learn and teach our son and tell it, you know, whomever will listen to us, we all say <laughs> this in my family. If someone tries to um, get you going, you let that ball hit you in the chest and you let it drop to the ground. You don't pick it up and throw it back because then it just escalates. And by throwing it back even once, you have agreed to play by their rules. And their rules are dirty. I mean, so don't engage. Um, And I love what he did because it it wasn't self-deprecating to him either. Because you'll hear a lot of people throw humor in it or or something. uh, I am. You know, like, this is who I am. This is who I'll be. And move on. It's like I have, he has blue eyes. It's like saying I have blue eyes. Yep. You know, yep. so what? It's, it's, you know, it's a part of who I am and we need to embrace people who don't look and act and sound exactly like we do. Exactly. So, you know, um, he happens to be brilliant and beautiful in every way inside and out. And um, he's oh, I'm sure. a pretty bad a wrestler as well. <laughs> How cool is that? Yeah. So, uh, and he does judo too. So I don't think anybody would pick on Oh no, <laughs> not now. <laughs> not now. But let me ask you, we all have challenges. I think being um, victim of mean girl mentality and, you know, actual action, not just thoughts, but deeds against me was one of my biggest challenges. I didn't, it was a setback for only a moment. But for you, tell me what, what has been your biggest challenge or setback and how did you overcome it? Oh, these are such good questions. There have been a few. I would say the one that I've most recently just started thinking about more and more is I've actually been stalked two times. Um, So this is previous to starting my business. So that was kind of a, do I want to do this? Do I want to be more in this public space? Do I want to share this? And it was actually with two different employers. Once um, I received letters from a gentleman in prison that were mailed to my employer. And the second as I was physically stalked at an event. And it was both of those times, because my information was public, people could find me. I'm 
oddly less concerned about myself and more concerned about my children and my family. So I'll say I have two kids. I'll say one's a boy and a girl, but I don't say their names. Um, I don't show pictures. And a lot of it is because of those situations. And I was always afraid, do I say what town I'm in? So I, with being authentic, there's still some things that I hold back a little bit just for the fear of things that have happened to me in the past because they were two very scary um, instances. So I'm I'm trying to still move past them. Will something happen in the future? But I never want, I don't want that to hold me back from changing the world and really giving back um, as much as I can. So I would say probably that would be the biggest hurdle still. I, I have to tell you, I had chills when you were telling me this because I don't see that as inauthentic. I see that as wise. I see that as you, you, so win or learn, never lose. Okay. So you learned from that and, and in doing so, you're going to keep your kids safe from the people who are disturbed out there. Um, obviously you've come across a couple and about being authentic and vulnerable and putting yourself out there. We shouldn't have to be afraid, but I think less mm-hmm. than afraid is you're smart. You're smart. There Thank are others you. who are not all there. and. I, you know, everyone, I'm very out there on social media, like speaking personally, professionally, I share things politically. Um, you know, I love that. I am who I am and other people's approval is none of my business. You know, I don't think, I don't need their opinions, but I have been very open about my family and very open about my uh, son. And I didn't even think about that for a long time, how, you know, he may not like that. So for a while there, I stopped mentioning him for the same reasons. Like he's mom, yeah. he's mom. people come up to me, they, their parents follow you and you know, they know all about my weekend and oh wow, <laughs> not, not a big deal. Nothing scary yeah. like your situation, but I owe it to him respect as a fellow human being that if he's not wanting to be out there, I shouldn't, you know, post about him. So it's been years since he's allowed me to tell stories or take pictures um, I have to carve out old pictures and share. Here's my son, but remember, this is nine years old. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's at the age now where he can say no, mom, and I have to respect that. So, like last night, we had dinner with him at Berkeley, and we didn't, no pictures allowed, you know, and he's not the open book that I am, and I have to respect that. For your situation, um, it's a matter of safety and security, and I don't think it's scared. I don't think it's fear. I think it's smart and wise. Thank you. Yeah. And it's, it's tough, too, in the world that we're in now, and it's silly things like, oh, I'm going on vacation. Do I put where I'm going on vacation? Do I tag that? Will people know that I'm there? Or it's just it's things that we're doing now just by really not thinking about it is checking in at different locations. If people are trying to find you, they might know that you're there. And it's, it's things that we don't think about. And it's always in the back of my mind. Um, so I'm trying to be smart about it while still being authentic and there and real um, about what I'm doing in my life. Yeah, I, I actually do travel blogs. Well, they're not technically travel blogs, but my Facebook page, um, I share a lot. And I do Yelp reviews and I, you know, and we get upgrades on airplanes. We get upgrades to suites at hotels only because I have a big following and they love learning and seeing. That's awesome. But I've never had that I know of the stalking experience. So I have not held back. I do share and check in and post pictures and um, give reviews. I rarely give a bad review. Uh, I'll not say anything. I know that's not as helpful. 
but I just feel like maybe it was an off day or it, yeah. new giving the people the benefit of the doubt for right. sure. But I will do glowing reviews and share positive remarks. And because of my following, like one time, um, one year we were in Venice, Italy and the Danielli hotel, Danielli saw me and they were following me on social media and they moved oh, a regular room to a suite. And oh, it was, awesome. I know, right? I was like, I wow. It. <laughs> it was awesome. It was so great. But um, it was funny because the suite they moved us to, this famous uh, model over there had stayed in that suite. And her hashtags and my hashtags were the same. And so <laughs> I posted a picture of her overlooking the balcony. I said, lest there be any confusion, this is not me. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, you know. That's hilarious. Yeah, it was so funny. And the hotel loved it. I mean, they loved it. They loved it. So, But I love that you post positive reviews because I think even at work, it takes, we're always, you know, people are putting stuff, oh, I didn't like this package or I didn't like this or that. But taking the time to tell somebody that they're awesome, write a review, that goes a long way, I think. It does. It does. I try to walk the walk. I know that um, in doing podcasts, shining a light on women and doing speaking events where I invite other women to speak and shining a light on women. Uh, I try to, you know, that's my business model. So yeah. I want to live that way as well. So if I see something wonderful or experience something great or something that moves me, touches me, pulls at my heartstrings, I want to share that with the world. And um, if it's something negative, I think we have enough people out there doing that. So um you know. I do the same. I'll call. Um, I'm probably so strange. I call the store and ask for that person's manager or email and let that person know how awesome. great their employees are. It's just because I don't think people do that enough. I, I, mean, I don't know if anything sometimes comes of it, but just for that person's manager to even know how great they are, I think is cool. That is so sweet. You know how you go to like um, well, certain stores, maybe Pier 1, they'll ask you to take a customer satisfaction yes. after. I'm the geek that does it. I bet Me you Me too. Are. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't even need the coupon. I just want you exactly. to know how great you are. But then but I'm like, who gets these results? I want to make sure your store and this person knows how, like, how helpful they were. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you're changing hearts and minds when you do stuff like that. So it's so great to know you, Elizabeth. I love that we're both you're doing saying, it. You too. Oh, well, we got this nation covered, right? So Exactly. Coast to coast, positive people. Um, well, let me ask you this. If anybody out there wants to reach you uh, and know more about everything's not okay and that's okay, or your speaking engagements or trainings, how would they reach you? Yeah, they can um, follow me on Twitter. It would be the easiest way to reach out to me directly at not okay, that's okay. And my website has a lot of information and there's a button where you can click and I'll immediately start talking to you. And that's not okay, that's okay, coach.com. Awesome. Awesome. I'll put all this in the blog as well. So in case people oh, thank you. It, yeah, they'll see it in writing. Um, you are delightful. I expect that we'll have a couple more phone calls coming up soon. Um, I hope so. I would love to refer you to my contacts out in that in your neck of the woods. Um, and can't wait to meet you someday. You too. Seriously, thank you so much. This is an awesome conversation. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Um, have a great day. And thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs>